Welcome to Living Social Justice Podcast, an initiative of Common Ground Church and Common Good, where we explore our lifestyle response to topics of social justice. Our hope is that a growing number of Christ followers begin to individually and collectively live out justice, creating a groundswell of positive change in our society. Welcome to another Living Social Justice story session as part of our series on living social justice stories. Today I've got Angela Bain with me. and thanks so much for joining me and being willing to share your story. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's lovely to have you. I've been hearing so much about the work that you're doing in Imazamietu and how um, these beautiful partnerships are starting to form. So I'm really excited to have you with us and to hear more of the history. Um, and maybe just to get us started, it feels like, from what I've heard, you are part of the furniture here at Common Ground Church and with Common Good. So maybe just tell us a bit about the con- your, your history with our congregations and where you are now and your work for Common Good over the years. Okay, great. Um, yeah, so I, um, I was, I've been in Common Ground for 10 years now. Um, I joined the Rwanda Bosch um, congregation um, yeah, 10 years ago. Um, and I guess my first experience of true community was actually felt here at Rwanda Bosch Common Ground. So that's really a special, it's a special place for me. I then moved over to um, the Greenpoint plant when they planted, oh, it was probably almost eight years ago. And now I'm currently um, at the Seapoint plant, which has been just over a year. Um, yeah, I worked at Common Good for almost two years um, in, yeah, quite a few years ago. Um, I quit my job and, <laughs> and out of a pure, pure God thing, I man- managed to work, at, I landed up working at Common Good. And yeah, but I mean, it's always been something that's close to my heart. So yeah, I feel, yeah, I do feel part of the furniture here at Common Ground. But yeah, that's a little bit about where I sit in the Common Ground bigger picture. <laughs> and when you were working for Common Good, what yes. kind of projects were you involved in? Um, I was working at Inner City, so um, the Greenpoint. I was doing Paradigm Shift, which is the um, I- employment um, initiative for um, micro-entrepreneurs. So I was basically doing running that and launched it in the City. So, yeah, that's awesome. so the I'm, main thing. I'm sure now that Inner City are, st- are running Paradigm Shift again, they're going <laughs> to desperately try to rope you in <laughs> in some way. Um, but the 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 work that you're currently doing is yeah. actually in Imazamayetu, uh, community. Maybe yes. just give us a bit of background to Ikai Latemba and what you're doing there. Okay, so we um, our our initiative is called Source, which stands for South African Unique Culinary Experience. Um, but we we rent a kitchen from a venue called Ikai Latemba, which is is called Home of Hope. Um, it's based in at the top of Emizamayetu. Um, we have a kitchen space where we. Um, yeah, so we're there full-time in the township. We um, have our own, it's basically fully kitted out training kitchen for barista training. So we have a three-month course that runs um, from that space. And we basically train up um, unemployed youth, um, mainly 18 to 24 or five-year-olds. And we ch- teach them how to be baristas and um, uh, hospitality training. We start off with job readiness training, which is Sano Kanyo, and then yeah, we ho- we feed them into the job market and ho- and see them get employed and flourish. And that's yeah, that's basically the our vision for what source what source is. Um, I think it's a great privilege to be in the township. We are there with the people, um, and it's accessible to the Hart Bay community. So yeah, that's where we based. So, and I'm sure there are so many people listening 
who would hear that story and think, wow, that's my dream. I'd love to just find myself working in a community where I'm helping people get the skills that they need to be connected to the opportunities that could transform their lives. But how did you get to be doing what you're doing now? What's the backstory? How did you find yourself um, in the space? Okay, I think, yeah, I think it's a really like, it's almost like a puzzle and I've kind of seen the pieces um, fit together over the years. So I can't say I decided and then the next day I was doing this. It's been a, a bit of a roller coaster, but it started definitely with um, having an interest in, com in common good and what they were kind of offering as social justice um, in, my, in my congregation. I then um, had the privilege of working for common good, which really, I think, set the the platform for me to like it was a springboard I can see it as a springboard for me to learn um, what my passions and kind of where I, I could see myself working um, in the future and it's um, definitely a God story like I can't claim to um, have orchestrated it myself but through working at Common Good I landed up volunteering for um, a trust which um, my boss my current boss had set up but we didn't know what we were doing but I think Common Good had set the had kind of put stuff in place for me to be able to help her so I did that and then and then the company grew from there so actually um, we kind of it organically grew from me helping two days a week to now I'm working full-time as an employee for that company so yeah it's taken almost four years to get to that point but I think um, it's been slow but I think it's been God-ordained so every step has been what he had um, as a plan. So yeah, I think it's been a really exciting story, but um, it's taken a lot of patience and a lot of like seeking God out and um, hearing what he wants. But I, I definitely believe and I truly believe that, yeah, I'm in the right place now. So that's been the overall, um, yeah, the overall story. There's been a lot of prophecy, a lot of um, just like cool things happen that um, kind of led us to this place. But um, okay. yeah, um, and weird things that kind of seem coincidental. But yeah, I think um, every little part of the puzzle has kind of added to the big, big picture that I find myself in this, uh, in this job now. Okay, so you working full time for a trust, where does that trust get that money from? Where's that money come? Um, how has that money come to be in that trust and what do you do with that money? Okay, so I, yeah, it's an educational trust. Um, it's funded by um, an electrical engineering firm where they, um, yeah, they have um, put part of their company in this trust. So the firm funds the trust. Um, then I basically work for the trust. So the money that comes into the trust, then we get to use um, for for our for our projects. Um, it's, a, it's a privately owned company, but, um, owned by two very passionate um, Christ followers. So they, they truly believe that they have a, um, a difference to make or they can make a difference. So um, wow. yeah, that's how the trust gets funding. And then I basically um, am working full time for that trust that gets to do what we do. So it's a great privilege to have um, a company backing us and yeah, I guess. Sure that structure so that trust then allows you you're administrating that trust for the projects that you're doing so you've spoken about um tzn going on to barista training and people getting employed is that the only project are the other projects around that we um so our main project at the moment is the the job the barista job um job readiness you could call it course but we do have ecd um in the township where we um, have an 
um, an employee that goes and trains um, mothers in the little creches and um, facilitators in the creche. She gives them ideas. She kind of helps them with um, how they can stimulate the kids, how they can run their creche better. Um, so we have four ECD centers. And we also believe that it starts with the little ones. So um, if we can help them when they're one and two, it'll really uh, make a difference. So we have that. And then we have teenagers that come after school and we basically parent them. <laughs> um, their parents are amazing, but they don't have the capacity or the um, ability to be able to um, help their kids with homework or school subjects so they come and we help them um, yeah but our main so we do have those two projects but our main focus is the um, the youth that um, we believe these kids that finish matric even don't have the opportunity to study or to um, do anything further and they just land up sitting at home and getting almost depressed so that's kind of where we're fitting in at the moment with the um, with the barista training to help those that you are that age group so that sounds like a lot of work <laughs> how big is your team um there's only two well two <laughs> of us and actually we, we have <laughs> i'm lying we have three there's three of us so our one our first group graduates we um we found a girl that just had great potential so we've now employed her Amazing. to help us um and so she and she lives in the community so she's actually our like link to all the people that okay. um that live there and she yeah she's got a great understanding of how um, the, the community, community works, works and she's just so so keen to learn and so we have her um on the ground kind of and then us two i'm um, doing the admin but yeah there's only um three of us full time and then we um have um consultants that kind of come in a specialist you could say like the coffee specialist is dave bassett he um yeah he runs the Warsaw coffee school so he um he comes in with the vision and he kind of helps us and guides us into how the coffee training should look because i'm not a coffee trainer but um. so I'd love to dig deeper into that and the story behind that so TZN is the Zanokanyo network yes. which is the employment arm of Common Good yes. and that's a 12 day job readiness course yes. so how did you connect the dots to realize that TZN could play uh, in that space that would help you give the people that you're wanting to help those kind of life skills and how did you then rope Dave Bassett in <laughs> or did Dave rope you in how, how did that happen <laughs> Um, yeah, I guess it's all through connection, actually, like because I used to work at Common Good, I just um, contacted them because I knew that I was going to do this course. I didn't know how it was going to look, but I knew that we had to do some sort of life skills or job readiness training okay. before we did any skills training because these people have been unemployed or have never had a job. So okay, I contacted so the TZN is kind of the, the precursor to the skills exactly. training. So they have to finish TZN um they have to graduate from TZN to carry on. So um, we start with um, the Zanakanyo and honestly, it sets the base and it sets the tone for the rest of the course. They leave the course so inspired and so motivated and I feel like it just instills hope in them. So, um, and we, we kind of thought, why reinvent the wheel? Um, Zanakanyo is doing it so well already. Like we can just piggyback with them, you know? So we um, used our, our resources and, and they've been so amazing. So, yeah, so they start with the job readiness course and um, then once they graduate from that, then we only start with the coffee. So they don't even do anything before that. So that's, um, yeah, and then obviously my relationship with um, Zana Kanye was already existing. So it was it made it a lot easier to um, partner with them because I wasn't, I mean, not like I was a, wasn't a random person. So they, they just jumped on board really. So we've had them, that's been absolutely, I mean, it's such a blessing. And then um, 
Dave, I also, Dave from the Warza Company, um, I also, through um, a friend at church, he says, you have to speak to Dave. <laughs> so um, I did. And then Dave's just super passionate about coffee and about growing people and about um, bringing the gospel into like different areas of um, his sphere. So um, he has partnered with us and he brings the practical coffee training to Amazing. the course. So how many groups have gone through that track now? So we're on our third group at the moment. Okay. So we only started in September last year. And so generally how many people would be in each group? So we want um, 12 is 12. a good number for us. We currently have 15 in the second course, third, second course of the year. But yeah, we've had, um, we've had, so we think 12 is a good number due to, just due to space. And also we, my boss believes Jesus had 12 disciples. So <laughs> 12 is a good number to uh, disciples. So yeah, that's, that's our course. Yeah. Okay. And then tell us some of the results that you've seen, some of the stories and yeah. stats. Yeah. So our stats on paper are like, it's, it's mind blowing. Like our last course, every single student is employed. Um, some maybe um, part time, but maybe due to family, um, and family all in commitments. coffee shops. In yeah, coffee all in coffee shops. Wow. One is uh, working at a school in um, in Hart Bay as a teacher's assistant. But I think it doesn't matter if she's not a barista. Like the fact that she got the confidence and the, the ability yes. to go and look for a job—that's a win. We don't actually mind what they do. And barista, being a barista, could be could a step the to the next job. So I don't mind what they land up doing as long as they feel that they can they mean can get meaningful employment. Great. So yo, uh, we have the students come back and so many of them that work um Seattle, they a lot of them are at Seattle and they just they I mean they they just actually recruit so many students because they just um, inspire people and they are uh, just to see the change like kids that maybe didn't do well in matric or might have failed um just have hope again and yeah and families are changed we've had parents approach us saying you know you've changed my family because my depressed daughter That's or incredible. depressed children are now getting up at five in the morning and they're going to work and yeah so there's so many of those um inspiring stories and it's basically just because they've they've seen that they have a skill and they they're worth a job and they've got a job so yeah it's really exciting um to see those stories um, yeah, there's difficult stories too where there's maybe substance abuse in the family and we um, we can't send someone for employment if there's substance abuse, but um, we will send them to counselling or a, a rehab centre or somewhere where they can maybe first deal with that and then we'll welcome them back when they... Um, yeah, when they've sorted that out. So that's why we keep our group small is so that we can actually get to know people and actually really help them with other problems maybe that, I mean, I can't wave a wand and fix it, but yeah, so we can um, partner with other organizations in Hape that are dealing with other issues. So I want to go back to your story. I mean, it mm -hmm. just sounds like you're so fulfilled and mm -hmm. passionate and just loving what you are doing. For people listening in, how... How did God speak to you? How did God show you those next pieces of the puzzle that you would um, really devote your life to serving others in a in a community? Okay. Um, yeah, I, I think it's always been in my my parents were obviously they were Christian and they and I grew up in a family where it was just like not even a, a question whether we um, we do social justice like on a day to day like everyday level. It's not like we started. A trust or ran an NGO it was the small things that my parents did like making sure that someone in our in our church or in our community's child had the right school uniform or um, making sure that someone whose child has failed my, my mom would go to the school and teach speak to the principal I don't know small things that 
you know, um, are we might take for granted. So um, that's kind of where I learned, like that small things that I, as an educated, privileged person, take for granted. Someone else, uh, uh, two meters away from me, doesn't have the ability to um, to do. So for me, yeah, that kind of sparked it, and then I guess. It kind of still plays out in my life, though. Like, I am not going to be able to fix the whole of Emizamo yet. But for me, it's, okay, it is a privilege to have my job. So um, I can make a difference. But I also think people always ask me, like, oh, that's such a privilege, but but I can't do that. And I'm like, yes, you can. You can make a difference in someone that you encounter in your work's life whose child is battling with something that, you know, or you can email someone a school about a report and get I don't know there's so many go to the clinic or go to the pharmacy and buy the medication that the person's going to stand a whole day in the clinic for so yeah I think for me it's just starting with the small and kind of doing what I can do in with what I have and I guess it's just grown from there so um, even now I feel like I'm not doing enough but actually I'm just going to try do what I can with what I have so that for me is like my my the main thought and then everything else kind of follows from that um, i love that i love that it's it's something that was just so natural because it was how you grew up yeah. and what your parents instilled in you and i think that should be encouraging to us as christ followers that it's in those small things that seem insignificant at the time it seems like it's not significant enough mm. but what it's actually doing is modeling something to others and and changing our culture changing the way we live which if enough people do that in the mm. small things that creates that kind of groundswell of momentum and and change exactly and it's, it's totally stretched my faith as well like in being a christ follower um because sometimes i can offer someone a prayer and i can pray with them and that's all i can do but that has significant been like huge um makes such a difference so Absolutely. it's just being able to really figure out how to exercise my faith in everyday life because and and I almost count it a privilege to have these situations in my face all the time because, yeah, I can exercise my faith and pray and really, yeah, like, and being in a church setting, I also think is an amazing opportunity to be able to um, walk alongside people that you wouldn't necessarily normally get to encounter. So, yeah, that's kind of, yeah, that's, I don't even know if that answers your question, but yeah, <laughs> that's kind of, um, for me, the the kind of way I do it, yeah. Absolutely. And I think we also underestimate that value in prayer and the power in mm. prayer. Often we think, oh, this is just a two-minute prayer for someone. Mm. But often it's it's that prayer process and the pattern of prayer that's mm. discipling our own hearts mm. to keep realigning our own hearts with mm. the will of God and aligning ourselves with the voice of God that we can hear in those moments and in the day-to-day what God's wanting us to do next. Of course. Um, and also, yeah, something else I just um, thought of is that for us, doing our course, we do a devotional every day, no matter what. And um, often at the end, we always ask every week, we do little fill-out forms, um, they enjoy the devotional more than maybe the skills they've learned. So if we are equipping people to be able to pray, and um, we've seen our last group, every time someone goes for a job interview, the whole class got together and prayed for that person. Oh, wow. So if you're igniting um you know faith and, people. Faith and mm. prayer and that lifestyle that's how you change a community it's not that the stuff that we do and the money that we throw at um at at the situation it's it's 
how to make the township more Christ-like. That's basically what, yeah. So I think we all have a part to play in that. And yeah, it's just, it is a privilege for me to be able to share the gospel every day with them. But yeah, to be able to equip people to, um, to do that themselves and yeah, and to go in, out into the township and be disciples. So. so if people want to find out more about what you are doing yeah. or um, how they could get involved, yeah. are there ways for people to be involved in the specific things that you're setting up? Yeah, I think um, firstly, Zano Kanyo, if, I mean, they, yeah, if you can help um, with them, there's, I think there's volunteer opportunities, if I'm not mistaken, yeah, that um, they they require, it's mainly like I think, interviews and just engaging with people. Yeah. Um, for us, a big thing is um, also discipling people, being able to do interviews or just chat to them, but also helping someone get on their feet when they've got the job. So we've realized it's all very well getting a job, but you might not have transport money. People don't have clothes to go to work in. Like the coffee shop might say we're all black. That seems quite normal for me. I can just go to my cupboard and find some black clothes. But for people that only have three sets of clothes, they don't have black clothes. So financially just supporting with the airtime, making sure they have a cell phone because you can't have a job if you don't have a cell phone and no one can get hold of you. So, so it's the little barriers yeah. that you often don't think of. Okay. So for us, we're kind of developing a pack where someone can come and say, okay, I see Kaya has got a job now, but Kaya needs support for a month before he can be on his feet. It's He's going to work a month before he gets a paycheck. I would like to sponsor Kaya and, and give him X amount so that he can actually get to work and fulfill his, his role and his job and flourish because then he will be able to keep his job so Amazing. that's a big way and um, we've realized people um for our project people can get involved um also visiting our coffee shop the students love it because then they get to make coffee and they get to engage <laughs> and for them it's super exciting that people show interest in like what they're learning amazing and where, where do you <laughs> find the coffee shop tell me where. it's in imazama yetu so it's in a place called ikaila timber it's um on the at the very back near Silicumva High School, so um, yeah, um, we have a website, um, and I yeah, I, I don't know if I can share that. It's www.source.org.za. Um, the maps on there, the details are on there. Um, there's a phone number if you want to phone us, and um, yeah, so people can come and hang out with the students. Like they love um, they love visitors, so that's something else. And then yeah, um, if we have specific. Um, yeah, if there's any specific like donations or specific skills or times or if someone wants to come and give a, a talk on, I don't know, s communication or we open to different people of different uh, spheres of life coming and just sharing what they know with these students who otherwise would never have experienced, um, yeah, experienced that. So, yeah, that's kind of how, how we would get people involved. Fantastic. And maybe just to end off, if yeah. there was one thing that you would encourage the average Cape Tonian mm. Christ follower, someone based in Cape Town who just is trying to figure out what living social justice looks like for them, what's the one thing that you'd encourage them to do? I'd encourage people to ask God to open their eyes to what's around them. Because for me, that's been the most helpful thing is just let the Holy Spirit speak to you and see like what is right under your nose. <laughs> And then secondly, just start with the small things. Like, don't get overwhelmed. Like, just, yeah, just engage with people. Just ask questions. I think often we're so scared to ask, like someone, you know, people are often so open to sharing their stories. So maybe just get to know people's stories, whether it's someone at your work or the cashier at the shop or 
somewhere you always go just get to know that person and before you know you'll be learning about their family and hearing about issues that um yeah are real for their lives and then use what you have like if you can email if you can scan an application i mean i've done stuff like scan an application for someone to get a bursary to study at film school he got in but if he didn't have a scanner he would never have been able to you know do that so yeah don't underestimate what the small does and i think yeah just pray and um connect to the church like the church is a rich resource of like people and especially common ground like there's so much common goods doing and um the people around, the elders, the the common good champs, or whatever they call them, social, so <laughs> social justice ministry team, they're doing um, they're doing amazing stuff. So connect with them, ask them what how you can serve. But I mean, if you're not in common ground, yeah, just uh, like as I said, just ask God to open your eyes. There's so much happening in and around us, and yeah, I think there are so many opportunities that we might not even realize. So fantastic! Yeah. Thank you so much for your time, Angela. Thank you for living out with courage what God's called you to do and for being a um, a real inspiration to so many of us oh, thank you and thank you for having me yeah, pleasure <laughs> all the best if you've enjoyed this episode subscribe to our channel Living Social Justice on Apple Podcast and SoundCloud you can also find more resources on our website commongood.org.za including our Justice Journey courses devotional content and volunteer opportunities. Bye for now.